Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Happy New Year to the righteous, ratchet, and real peeps out here. It's your girl, Keisha, and I'm here with my dynamic co-host, the lovely Greta, and the fantabulous Rane. Come on, y'all. Just say hi to the people real quick. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Yo, happy 2024. Y'all, we should create a name for our tribe. Like, I was thinking about this. You know, Rihanna has the Navy, and Beyonce has the Beehive, and Nikki has the Brats. And so I just feel like, you know, in this new year, we should create, you know, a tribe name. And so, y'all, we gonna think about it, but we also want y'all to hit us up. Hit us up with some suggestions of what we can call our loyal listeners, okay? So we can just do something new in the new year, new things, right? New things popping off. So last year, we encouraged um, you guys to just be, not just be reflective in January and make goals that, you know, you only do in January, but to kind of spend your whole year in reflection mode and coming up with goals and not to just leave it to the first of the year or the end of the year. So we hope that you really incorporated that practice in 2023 and that you'll keep it going in 2024. But this year, we want to frame a way of life that you may consider as your new norm going into 2024, and that is the soft life. Some of you may have heard of this pop culture term, and some of you may be new to it. You know, you have seen it floating around, but you didn't really know what it was. You know, as in the case of Greta, she was like, y'all, I don't know what you're talking about. So she was like, hands off. I don't want to do this episode and lead this episode. So there are other people who may not have seen it. And so uh, more importantly, I want us to consider, is this a real lifestyle or is it just some unobtainable ideal that people have used as a hashtag on social media? So let me just define the soft life for those who may have heard of it or don't really quite know the logistics or the ins and out of it. The soft life is a hashtag on so many TikTok videos, especially, right? And so they usually use it to capture moments of spa days and luxurious hotels, solo dates and picturesque places and getaways in remote parts of the world. 
Can't you just feel like right now, just kind of the ease of imagining yourself in these places, just, you know, by the poolside with a hat and a cabana boy hey. and a, a juice in your hand, you know, or a cocktail in your hand. Can't you just imagine the ease that's coming to you? So <laughs> I know. I'm down with that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Greta is already over here. She's like, yeah, I got this imagery right here. I got it. Mm. So the term is said to have originated in the Nigerian influencer community. Come on, Nigers. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's originated in 2021 as a way to center life around comfort and less stress. Mm -hmm. The meaning is also a lifestyle choice to pursue jobs that fulfill and don't eat up your time. Cue up the trend of lazy girl jobs, right? It's saying no to toxic productivity and workaholism and also for encouraging women to pursue love that's easy and not hard and not mm -hmm. difficult. It's saying mm -hmm. no to struggle love. Hey, Come on. Here. It can be linked even to the idea of the good life that we're always trying to achieve. But it also has faced its share of criticism, much like self-care, because it has a consumerist tinge to it. In Africa is a country, uh, one of the writers says, what seems to be overlooked in popular discourse about soft life is that the version of soft life so heavily marketed and championed online requires a significant amount of work to initiate and sustain. According to media representations of it, a soft life is fundamentally a costly life and it requires deep pockets and undue labor. Hmm. We kind of took a left right, got a little heavy for a second. Ooh. Had me the first half, but <laughs> look, I'm still on struggle love. That don't even make sense to me, but okay. Look, you know, John, he had a whole song about struggle love. Struggle love? Struggle that love. Don't make... Okay. All right. You don't so know what struggle love is. No, I know what it is. It just doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. And the, the, the naming of it, because struggle mm -hmm. and love. I mean, I know love can be a struggle, but it just does it have to be. I just, okay. It doesn't. It I think that's the point. Right. But there are people out here doing it. And I know we're off topic. I'm sorry, but that's I just wrong. struggle yeah. love. That ain't love then. But okay, but anyway, all right. All right. <laughs> I mean, we know our grandparents and parents live through struggle love. And honestly, people in our generation, child blue face and Krishan is oh my god. They, oh, I don't even know they struggle love, they toxic love. Not on blue face. See, this is how I know my age. I don't even know who that is. Greta, I'm older than you. Blue face. I don't know who that is. Well, I don't know who he, I don't know what he does, but I'm, I'm assuming no. it's, he's a rapper or entertainer of some sort. But the two of them and their little toxic shenanigans online and all of this and all of that, I I reluctantly have been a, a held captive <laughs> by some of their shenanigans. And it's like, y'all never heard of them. Hard. It really doesn't. 
<laughs> You're not missing of. anything. Be thankful that you haven't been forced and dragged into yeah. their I'm, love I'm a, relationship. I'm going to lean into that one. Yes. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so y'all, the heart though of soft life as defined on Black Girls Healing says that yes, face masks and spa days can be part of it but it is really embracing an intentional lifestyle that prioritizes rest and ease while minimizing stress and struggle. Ultimately, the biggest benefit of a soft life is generational healing, a powerful legacy to leave for our daughters and beyond. So it is part of Black women rejecting this trope of the strong black woman and it's embracing a new lifestyle lifestyle that says we can have peace we can have ease and we're then using that understanding to heal other generations because we heal generations that came before us and we heal the generations that are coming after us when we adopt this idea of living a different kind of life. It actually reminds me of um, a Netflix movie I was watching the other day and it was the an Indian family in South Africa. And so the mom says to her daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law, in my generation, excuse me, we were not allowed to actually talk back to our husbands. We were not allowed to express how we felt. And she said, I'm proud of you for actually standing up for yourself. So it is that type of thinking. When we change, we have the opportunity to even create light for generations that came before us. So ladies, that being said, what would a soft life version of 2024 look like for you? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm already there. Uh, um, but I think I need to do better. Um, you know, I take time out. I do my, you know, my, I'm a pedicure girl. I do my pedicures. I do my movies. You know, um, soft life for me is, is not necessarily spa and vacation, but it's just taking time to uh, recharge. Sometimes it's just sitting in my car for an hour after I pull up in the driveway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you know, plus I'm cheap, so I ain't going to do too much that's on the dime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just finding spaces where I can woo-saw. Um, I think as a pastor, it might be a little hard to do a for real vacation-y, take time and and travel and do all the things that, you know, maybe a softer life would dictate. But I think I'm I'm pretty, I may not be cushiony soft, but maybe I'm pillowy soft. I don't know. Greta said there's levels to this. There's yeah, levels. I think it's levels. Yes. I think there's levels to it. Absolutely. I think um, one of the things, when I think about soft life, well, first, I'll also say, uh, Keisha, when you were talking about when you engage in change, make significant change, or when you change your life and, and create a soft life, you're, you're impacting the generations uh, behind it before. And I would say it's not just about 
you know, the women in our lives, but the men too, because I'm modeling this for my sons. I'm modeling what it looks like to live a life that is not, um, gr I'm, I'm not grinding it out. I'm not getting it out of the mud mm. as folks say. So for me, um, engaging in a soft life, actually, I started that way last year. Um, in, you know, changing my, my job, stepping out of pastoring. I'm not saying you can't be a pastor and have a soft life. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, stepping out of that enabled me to, to be really reflective about the ways in which I was showing up, feeling the need to grind everything out, doing everything by myself, not asking for help or not asking for help from the right people. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, <laughs> and leaning more into what is it that I want to do? What makes me come alive? As Dr. Mm -hmm. Howard uh, Thurman said, you know, the world needs people who, who come alive. So what is it in me that makes me come alive? And then going to do that. So that helps me live a life that is more easeful. Uh, I am not uh, overscheduling myself anymore for meetings and things like that. I'm taking better care of my schedule to be more intentional about the time that I have, that I have remaining. And I'm still working on that. That's a work in progress, but just being intentional about saying, you know, I, I have limited time on this earth. I have limited time with my kids. I have limited time with my husband. You know, I have limited time by myself. So I need to choose wisely. I need to maximize the time that I have um, mm -hmm. and not be like, uh, dogmatic about it or rigid about it, but understanding, yeah, we, we working on finite time. And so, you know, what are we going to do? What am I going to do with that? It has to be something that makes me joyful and feel at ease as well. So that's my definition, uh, of a soft life for, for 24. Okay. Ladies. And if, if I can say one more thing, mm -hmm. because as Renee was talking and about, you know, modeling for her sons, I feel like my son models that for me. I don't know if soft life is necessarily a millennial phrase or whatever, or Gen Z or whatever that that age group is. But uh, my child, yeah, he's he I don't and I don't know if he's doing it intentionally, but he's very soft life oriented. Um, not that he doesn't do his work, but he, he don't stress about much of nothing. And I love that about, you know, and I can say that now, now there was a time that he did, but here recently just watching him move, you know, since he's been in college and, and hearing some of the things and he's making, like Ronnie said, those choices that are leading, you know, he's getting involved in things that feed his spirit. I'll put it that way. And so just to see him make those choices, it inspires me to want to do better. So, yeah, give it up for uh, that age group that is like, I ain't doing all that what y'all doing. <laughs> and he's very much of that mindset. Mm -hmm. So for me, my 2024 and this um, topic really just has been, you know, kind of like tapping on me. 2023 was such a whirlwind of changes. And when change comes, you know, it is hard to kind of figure out what you're doing. And so you're always reacting uh, to, you know, the things that are being thrown at you. And so 2023 had a lot of different things thrown at me. And I'm 
looking to 2024 to kind of recalibrate and find my place of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it is looking like getting back to my calendar, getting back to being very strategic about what I say yes to, where mm-hmm. I put things in my life. Um, mm-hmm. It is also about recognizing that I can't do everything, mm-hmm. although there are a lot of things that need to be done. I cannot do everything. And so I have to choose what can and cannot get done. And most importantly, it is looking like getting back to the place where on my calendar, I have to schedule rest. Mm -hmm. Days where it is just as hard and fast as if I'm going out to do something for someone, it is my day of rest. So that is my 2024 version of a soft life is is doing those things. And so I encourage our listeners to answer that question for yourself as well. What does a soft life version of 2024 look like for you? So in doing this, I immediately thought about Matthew 11:28. And so, you know, when we talk about righteousness. We're talking about the scripture. We kind of try to bring scripture in as what makes our podcast, you know, different than some. Uh, well, one of the ways that we makes our podcast different than some. And so Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the NIV says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The Passion Translation says it this way. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden, Come to me, I will refresh refresh your life, for I am your oasis. And then the message translation is the one that really takes it over the top. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. All right. That Eugene Peterson. (laughs) He knew how to turn the phrase. Come on. Did it, didn't he? Didn't he? Like, come on now. And so I know I got some smart friends, y'all. And so I want to ask you, ladies, based on this scripture, how do we harness the message of the gospel in our lives so we create joy and peace? It is so funny you ask this question, Um, especially coming out of Christmas when we have done all of the things from A to Z, from zero to infinity, um, and probably have not felt much joy, probably didn't feel much peace because we were ripping and running, uh, as my mama would have said, like a chicken with their head cut off. Mm. Um, Now that I say that out loud, that's a really um, disturbing image. But anyway, Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, how, and hearing Matthew eleven twenty eight, especially that message translation, 
the unforced rhythms of grace. Man, and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So when I think about that, especially in light of Christmas and especially in light of how we can kind of overdo and overrun ourselves, who's really encouraging us to live that way? Mm. You know, um, if we if we really take the scripture to heart, it ain't Jesus. So what are we doing when we live in that type of hustle and just the activity of it all, the um, the urgency, the hustle, the huh, all of those different adjectives that I can't even name right now, but who tells us we have to do that? Mm-hmm. And, I, and even now I was thinking about it today, literally today. Um, I don't even know if I can turn it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can turn it off. That is so real. Mm-hmm. Greta, you said running around like a chicken with your head cut off and how disturbing that sounds. Mm. But if we could just take that a step further, thinking about the chicken and the terror, right? Mm. That chicken is running around in and thinking about how that phrase has been part of our culture forever. Yes. Mm -hmm. And thinking about our foremothers and how that was just a natural thing for them to say Mm -hmm. And natural for them to live lives where they were running around here, there, and everywhere trying to do these things. Like it's in our, it's in our bones. Yeah. We've seen them do it. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of embracing this soft girl era has to do with breaking Mm -hmm. these generational understandings of, of our, you know, of, of ourselves, of our identity as black women. Um, And so, you know, I think embracing scripture and trying to live that out, that's probably going to be the only way that we mm-hmm. would be able to, to hear other messages because our culture tells us that, you know, we're supposed to be these, these boss, these boss babes. I, I won't use the other word. Um, mm-hmm. And then broader culture, right. Is, is going to commodify our labor at any given opportunity. So the only place, that we're going to hear something different is going to be inscription. Mm. That's the only place because ain't nobody else saying that. Right. And that's why embracing a soft girl era as much as we can, what to whatever level we can, is going to be critical for us to break those generational uh, understandings. Mm. So good. yeah, I mean, burnt out, yup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Tired, show enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wonder how taking on that yoke, uh, you know, and, and the burdens of Christ is, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? How right. do we do that? Where can we sign up for that? <laughs> so I'm, I can't really answer how, to, you know, the question of how we harness this message. Cause I'm, I'm waiting to find myself. Right. Ah! <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. So look, we uh, talked about this in one of our previous episodes where we talked about sometimes we just left with more questions than answers. So what we're okay. saying is, yeah, 
we, we're trying to say, Lord, how do I do this? <laughs> I see it yeah. in the word, but how do I do this? What is your unforced rhythm, especially when our churches and our lives and our family and our traditions are all beholden to us? working and doing right like it, it even reminds me of martha and mary mm -hmm. go ahead greta i see you have oh no thought. no finish your thought but i but I, I do have something to say yeah yeah go ahead oh okay so no it just made me remember because this is usually an afterthought for us but maybe it points us back to sabbath you know we really I know sometimes we say we do, you know, but do we really rest and take that Sabbath the way we should? And 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 perhaps that was the reason for it all. You know, mm -hmm. God knew we was going to be some working a folk. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know what? Make sure you have at least a day to yeah. rest your body, rest your mind, rest your soul. Yeah. But we don't really do that. So it it honestly even bears for me the question because I want to say church can definitely be part of lack of rest, right? Right. And so <laughs> I'm wondering what did the Sabbath look like for the Levites? What did it look like for them? And I, I'm like, you know, it makes me want to say, ask a rabbi, you know, mm. because they're so committed to the Sabbath. What does that look like? Right. So, look, we need to jot down a note that we need to get a rabbi to talk about Sabbath rest because, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, the Jewish community is, is, is strong, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you live in Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights, you know, some Jewish folks. And so... I've watched how they do Sabbath versus how we do our idea of Sabbath. And baby, it is completely different because, I mean, we talk about the fact that they don't watch TV during the Sabbath. They literally don't. Now, this might be a little extreme, but they don't turn on the light. They right. usually have someone turn on their lights for them because they look at that as labor and work. Um, my grandmother is Seventh-day Adventist. And so she prepares her food for Saturday on Friday night. So it's an intentional preparation to ensure that that day is all about rest and God. And we really don't understand that life. We don't live that life. <laughs> we don't. I mean, I, I've, I've, I'm familiar with Sabbath keeping from a, a, a Jewish standpoint also. And some of it, it feels legalistic, but there are some other parts of it that are just, you know, yeah, it's it can be very meaningful um, when it's not done because, you know, X, Y, Z. But, you know, yeah, this enriches my life. Yes, I do communicate with my children uh, more. I, we do enjoy the the game nights. We do enjoy the dinner together. We do enjoy X, Y, Z. So I think there is a lot to be said about um, reclaiming Sabbaths. Mm. Y'all, I'm trying to put this in our notes <laughs> of future episodes because I think it, it would be interesting to hear from 
our uh, Jewish brothers and sisters about what the Sabbath looks like for them, because I believe that there's so much that we can learn from our own practice because, you know, generationally, you know, like I'll take it even outside of, you know, just Christian, but I think as black people, mm-hmm. we didn't have the luxury of resting. Right. It, there always had to be work. There's right. always been this narrative of, you know, laziness. Like I was just watching, rewatching um, a lecture from um, Joy DeGray and that whole you know, idea that black people understand, you know, and and people of color understand we have to work twice as hard. And so it is ingrained in us Mm -hmm. to work and the soft life and even this scripture passage are foreign to us. So I think there is something to be said about us learning from a different culture and the culture from which our text is, you know, um, is grounded. Now y'all ain't gonna get into this whole <laughs> white Jews, black Jews. We, we That's not what we're here for, okay? <laughs> we are just here to talk about Sabbath keeping and that idea of what that looks like. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, cause you know, invariably somebody going, you know, I was like, again, first of all, I, I, I know the hotels, so I know. <laughs> They ain't listening, child. They ain't listening to us. They that is true. That is true. But that is true. The hoteps are not listening to us. I just know them. <laughs> I just know them. I just know them. everybody jokes, but I'm like, no, nah, living living in New York, you you know the hoteps and you know Jewish folks. Okay. <laughs> so has religion and church helped us create soft lives? Not at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I absolutely agree. I'm honestly kind of glad that we are in the era of not a whole lot of afternoon services. Like I remember those days where it was like you done went to church. There was like three services at church. And then after that, I was like, we had the nerve to go to an evening service. It was already three morning services. I'm tired. I'm tired. Hello. So I'm I'm glad that we have have shifted in this this way where we're learning. I think there's so much more that we need to grow in. And I think churches are suffering, Mm. trying to adjust to a lot of people living the soft life. Mm. Mm. Mm Because people are not signing up to be with you all day, all night. Mm-mm. Serving, cooking, gotta go home and do homework with the babies after Bible study then take in eight years because you had to shout and run around the church and not okay. <laughs> no ma'am. Yeah. I mean these these church services, you know, not post-COVID, because we'll never be post-COVID, but you all know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these church services have been shortened. Um and mm-hmm. if, if you can't preach a sermon you know, in, in 15 to 20 minutes, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I really don't know what to tell you. You ain't, you can, if you can't say it in that period of time, then well, folk can ain't going to There's can other places to go, you know? There's other churches for them to go to. There's right, right. Places. They could go to brunch 
and get a word. There's a whole bunch of different things folks have figured yep. out themselves. So the church is true. behoove itself to, um, you know, shift with the shift, move with the shift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And there's some people just still trying to hold on and, and they like, if you really love the law and you wouldn't rush me. <laughs> God bless. Look, God is intelligent enough to say what he got, say what he or she has to say in 15 minutes or less. <laughs> That's- I'm still asking for 30, y'all. I'm still asking for 20 to 30. Can I get 20 to 30? Mm-mm. I mean, no. 20, yeah. No. 30, mm-mm. <laughs> Look, 20, I got it 20 minutes flat. Let's go. And I've given honor to whom honor is due at the start. (laughs) I done shouted out the husband and everybody. Yeah, there you go. Out in 20, come on and hit that benediction. Come on, let's go. (laughs) Okay, look, I mean, Renee has been delivered from her long Thanksgiving prayers. And (laughs) so it is translated to her preaching. (laughs) Yeah, God. Hallelujah. We thank God for deliverance. Amen. <laughs> so y'all, the ratchet is not necessarily a ratchet. Do you believe that the soft life is possible? When we consider how tough life gets, is this just a bad something catchy to say? Or, you know, is it possible to really live the trueness of a soft life? I think it's possible. Um, and I think a balance is necessary, right? We, you know, it, Every 20, 30, 40 years, whatever, there's a recalibration in the way the society behaves. So I think it's absolutely possible. It's not, it's not necessarily um, aligning with this capitalist society we live in. Um, but I think to some degree, everyone can pull out one level, like we were talking about at the beginning, it's levels to it. So you you can pull out some softness and, I, and we owe it to ourselves to do it, to be intentional about that for ourselves. I mean, we are the only we we've got, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the only me I got. So I owe it to myself and I need to be aligned with scripture, you know, align my life that way and and create it for myself. Um, Cause hey, listen, if Jesus came that I might have life and that more abundantly, I means to get it. <laughs> Absolutely. By any means necessary, right? And, uh, Ah! I, think it's, I think it's possible in the sense of um, like I mentioned, maybe Sabbath keeping and maybe every once in a while making sure you you know you're feeding your your spirit, your soul. But in terms of like all the time, or if if a work day is five days and three of them days you live in a soft life, I just don't see that as being sustainable. I don't, but that's, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, anything is possible, but I guess it's just a matter of how you do it. And and to Renee's point that she made earlier and what we said earlier, I I think there's levels to it. Yeah. But I, 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 I do think also, I have a cousin who is big on, she works hard now. She's grinding it out. She's doing a lot so that later in life she can have what we're talking about. Hmm. So she bypasses a lot of things now intentionally because she is setting herself up 
that at a certain age, that by a certain age, she's going to live the life that, you know, this soft life. So I think there's room for that too. Um, I just think we have to be careful in hustling and grinding 24 seven all the time because it affects our body. It affects our psyche. Um, and so, yeah, you may be setting yourself up now to live that life later, but what are you doing? What damage are you doing now? And how will it impact your life later? So, yeah. And as we've seen from COVID, tomorrow's not promised. Right. Right. Yeah. It it reminds me that at different moments in your life, you're going to set different priorities and intentions. And you have to kind of decide what works for you. But do I think it's important? it's the soft life is really attainable. For me, I'm still kind of holding out. It's 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 degrees, you know, in it. And I believe that I fully know at this point in my life, I've come to the understanding that I reject the hustle and grind mentality. It's just way too heavy. It just does not even leave us room to understand that we can plug out, that we should, that we should be um, you know, intentional about caring for ourselves. So I don't know if I'm quite team soft life, but I know I'm definite not, you know, hustle and grind. Like that is just not, you know, where I am in my mindset. So maybe if anything, I would say I'm working to get to a place of soft life. That is that is where I'm trying to understand and wrestle through with it. And so part of, of that wrestling that I'm doing comes with the idea of soft life uh, being the rejection of tension and, and kind of in going towards ease, like making that a choice. And so not quite struggle love, but relationships and relationships, be it platonic, be it, you know, familial, be it, um, you know, actual eros love can be difficult. And so I wonder, and where I wrestle is with the soft life, does it give enough room for the difficulty and the tension of relationships, the ups and the downs of it? And so I think specifically about talking with one of my friends and we were just, and I was um, giving a shout out to my best friend and where she excels in our relationship and who she is as a person. And I'm the type of person on social media where I, as much as I want to shout out people for the greatness they've done and who they are in my life, I want to also be authentic. And so in my authenticity, I did say, you know, there've been times that we've been mad at each other and haven't spoken to each other. And I felt like she was completely wrong about what she did. And I'm sure she felt that I was completely wrong about what I did and kind of speaks to um, the idea that we don't talk about that, you know, struggle duking it out. I remember even Ronnie, you talk about your mom and your best friend and her best friend modeling for you that whole, you know, one time she was there one time, and then she's back, you know? And so that whole back and forth. And so one of my girlfriends said, I'm trying to teach my daughter that now because this generation has 
you know, like the pendulum, as we say, swings, you know what I mean? It's been this way and it's swung completely back this way and trying to bring it here. And so I'm wondering if the soft life has created this idea that you tap out because things get difficult or because they're not easy. And so that's kind of where my struggle is. Does anybody else see how that can be kind of hard with us pushing the ease of life and the ease of relationships? I think sometimes we have stayed in relationships too long that we should have tapped out a long time ago. So um, if, if soft life is that balanced, then, you know, yeah, but I could see the, the opposite where somebody could tap out too soon, you know, just because uh, I don't have time for that. Uh -uh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Um, but typically when relationships get hard, it, they are opportunities for us to see ourselves and for things about ourselves to be revealed. And so when we tap out too early, sometimes we we miss things. But if we miss it, you know it'll come back around sooner mm -hmm. or later. So and I think it begs the question of are we really fostering relationships that allow that level of honesty to say, you know what, you're doing the most right now. <laughs> I'ma tap out and I'll I'll circle back around to you later. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know we could say that probably jokingly with some of our friends, but, you know, I don't know if people, especially in our in our environment these days, you know, we've lost that art of agreeing to disagree and still being able to walk together. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, if you don't agree with me, I ain't got nothing to do with you. So, you know, and I don't know how much of that feeds into that. Um but yeah, I, I would I would ask the question, are we really fostering those types of relationships? And are we even at a level to do so? You know, case in point, and this might be a little off topic, but um, I'm surprised, for example, at the number of seminaries who are, who are not including pastoral care classes in their curriculum. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. That's becoming a thing. Preaching and pastoral care classes are being dropped like hot potatoes. Preaching. Preaching. Preaching and pastoral care. So it's like, are we even equipping people to, you know, conflict resolution, uh, just get how to get along? How, are we even honing those skills or teaching those skills so that people are equipped and have the emotional equivalent, uh, equivalent, I think I said the right, to do that. And I don't, I don't think we're doing that these days. What are we even teaching if we're not teaching? Oh, it's a mess. Or history, apparently. It's <laughs> a mess. It's a I, mess. Uh, child, that's another episode. It's another episode. But when I tell <laughs> you there are seminaries out there do a lot, that are like, mm, you don't need pastoral care. First of all, job. like that's the job. I know it's ridiculous. What? But it's and, it's going on. It's happening. And the other aspect of pastoral care is that you start off pastoral care classes with looking at yourself. Oh my god! It's, that's and what I'm saying. Your blind spot. Exactly. <laughs> so, are we even equipped mm. in equipping people to have these skills to do that and to have 
mm. honest and open relationships or how to encourage others to do the same, we're, we're not there. Yeah. So for me, although the soft life is wonderful, and I think with any ideology, there are things that we have to watch against, right? And so I definitely think that that's one of the things is that we have to ensure that we're telling people there, there as much as we are striving for the soft life, mm -hmm. sometimes we got to we got to get into some fights, we got to get into some some difficult and tough places. But the overall arching, you know means of what you're living for is to find rest and ease within self. So whatever you believe about the soft life, uh, if it's possible or not, there are ways that you can um, incorporate the concepts of soft life into your, your daily living. One is by setting specific intentions, writing a list of the goals you'd like to achieve achieve with specific details is one of those aspects. Cultivate self-love. I'm going to say that again. Cultivate self-love. Prioritizing self-care. Setting firm boundaries. We've talked about that countless times on our uh, podcast, but setting uh your boundaries, what you will accept and what you won't accept, and then demanding more of people. And if they can't meet that, and that is your boundary, then you have to be willing to let them go because they were not able to, to honor your, your core boundaries. Nurture relationships, because part of us getting to a place of living a soft life is who we are bringing along with us, who are there to support us, who are there to help us and encourage us. Making time for rest. Y'all, that's, that's, that's me. It's, it's a question coming up, but I'm telling y'all, making time for rest and embracing slow living are some of the ways in which we can do the soft life. Um, Rene, Greta, do you have anything that you would add to the list as well? I think just that, like you mentioned, the I'm sorry, Renee. No, just fine. the intentionality, you know, and especially as we look at our schedules. And I used to do this, and and was good about it. But you know, some it, it might sound silly to schedule rest, but even down to just scheduling rest um, and, and blocking out time on your calendar, on your schedule to to prioritize your self care. Um, that's huge. That's huge. And yeah, I can see me getting back to that. I even have members. I had a member that told me I had a funeral yesterday. He said, <laughs> he's such a sweetheart. He said, every time I go somewhere, you there. He <laughs> said, do, do, he said, do you ever, and he was joking, but serious too. He said, do you ever take a break, pastor? Mm. And we laugh, but it's a lot of truth behind what he's saying. And here's the thing, Greta, it's that first year. You know what I mean? You try to make sure. Tell me about it. Tell you try to build relationship it. equity. So, yes. So one of the things I, I probably should have said it earlier, but one of the, I don't have anything to add to the list, but uh some people may get the idea that the soft life means that you are the only one experiencing the soft life. It's you experiencing it and you are experiencing it at the expense of someone else. So for instance, 
you know, a single person might say, I'm going to marry well so I can enjoy the soft life because I'm just not built for, you know, that grind or whatever. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, let's let us not um, engage in this idea thinking that it is all about us. The reason why someone might want to engage in the soft light is soft life is so that there's more of yourself to go around, right? So you can show up better as more of yourself in the world, you know, not just for others' benefit, but of course your your benefit too. But I'm saying that, you know, it's not selfishness that's at the root of soft light. At least it shouldn't be. I think some people might have that idea that, you know, it's all about me, but Really, you know, if, if we are engaging in that soft life, it's so that we can be more fully engaged in life in ways that are more life-giving and more nurturing. So I just wanted to throw that out there too. So I love that. We're not just doing it for ourselves. We're also doing it to show up better in the world. Uh, my question now for you ladies is that I've listed off some ways in which you can commit um, or things that you can incorporate to live a soft 2024. What of the list will you commit to? So I've already said mine, y'all. Straight up, <laughs> I am making time for rest in 2024. Mm. That, that's where I am. I can't quite, quite embrace a slow living right now, but I'm making time for rest. Just one thing? Yeah, just... I okay. mean, if you got more than one thing, go ahead, but... Go ahead, Renee. I'm... You thinking about it? I'm thinking about it, because yeah. I, I think there's more than one for me. For me, it is embracing slow living. Um, oftentimes, when I do make time for myself... I will ponder what else I could be doing during that time. My mind is still going and still focused, you know, on, oh, I need to be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be doing this instead of just enjoying the moment. So embracing slow, embracing slow living slash being present in the moment and staying present in the moment. All right. That, look, we can add that to the list, right? Being present mm -hmm. in the moment. It's part of the soft life. I had a, um, <laughs> I don't want to call her out. I had a good friend uh, tell me the other day, and she, and I'll say it this way, Pastor, you need to set some more boundaries. <laughs> and so that has been ringing uh, in my spirit. But like you said, Keisha, just the first year I've job. But anyway, um, so, yes, I, I definitely see some boundary setting. Uh, uh, and she offered to help with that. She said, I'm old. They ain't going to tell me nothing. They ain't going to say nothing to me. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take up on her offer. And then, uh, yes, making time for rest. And, and for me, it's, it's not the rest. I know how to rest. I don't know how to go to bed. And so <laughs> my husband would be so happy. Uh, if I would just come to bed at a decent hour, but because I'm a night owl, you know, and Ronnie, you mentioned it. My mind is always in overdrive. I'm always thinking about something, always making a list, always writing something down. 
And that goes until the wee hours of the morning, or if I let it, you know. So for me to stop and say, okay, I'm going to go to bed now, that's a big deal. Yes. I usually don't have that feeling until midnight or after. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time, Brad is trying to sleep. He's in bed. Yeah. So mine is not necessarily making time for rest. It's just getting my behind in the bed. And that's so hard for me. So, yeah. And it's still making time for rest, though, because you were still working and doing and, and you know what I mean? And that's just intentionally but the way shutting I do, off. But the way I do that. I'm in a resting position <laughs> when I'm doing all of that. So to me, in my mind, I'm resting. I may have a notebook on my lap, but for me, it's still rest. That's how I rest. Um, but like I also resting. said earlier, I don't know how to shut that off. I just yeah. don't because that's that's just me. It's, it's me. And I don't know how to be me, not to be me. I don't know how not to be me. Um, but I'm working on it, right? Even at 50, I'm still working on it. So, all right, let's close out this episode. I want you ladies to think about an intention that you want to set for 2024 and affirmation that you will say to yourself for 2024. I will take my behind to bed. (laughs) I will take my behind to bed. I will take my behind to bed. <laughs> there you have it. There we have it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Greta's affirmation and her intention for 2024. <laughs> I think that'll make a huge difference in my life. I do. <laughs> I'm with you, though. I am with you. I'm like, We'll, look, we'll talk about that offline. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can base it off of say, staying present. So um, yeah, stay present. Stay present. So there, is joy, there is joy here. Mm, okay. Stay yeah. present. There's joy here. Ooh. Come on, somebody. Y'all felt the Holy Ghost on that one? Stay present. There's joy here. You don't got to look forward. And you don't got to look back. Because there is joy here. All right, preacher. Come on. Say it. (laughs) Come through, preacher. (laughs) So mine is really rest. And my affirmation would be trust that God can work it out while you rest. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think that I got to do it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just to be still. Mm. That's it. Be still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that as we have... it all up. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that really sums it all up. Mm-hmm. I think the soft life is really being still. Yeah. All right, God. <laughs> Look, y'all, we pray before we record <laughs> and we ask the spirit to show up. We don't just come on here with our own opinions and ideas. We believe in the help of the Holy Ghost. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of those moments that the spirit spoke. We hope that you caught it. And we hope that this 
episode has been fulfilling to you and that you will set your own intention and affirmation for 2024, let that be the guiding force for you and allow you to soften, at least soften your life in 2024. All right. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.